today's episode of the Comical Heathen. You don't have to be a heathen to listen, but it certainly couldn't hurt. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Jerry Jaffe, the world's most highly educated stand-up comedian. I do this podcast here where I interview comedians and other interesting folks about satire and religious satire. Uh, We're the only podcast on the World Wide Web that combines conversations with religion with humor. This all started out as part of a book project I'm working on. And uh, I've been slowly making some progress on that book. I've probably written four new pages in the past four days. So yay me. We'll get this thing across the finish line soon. About today's episode. Today's episode is a bonus episode that follows on from last week, Season 2, Episode 7, which featured my interview with Leanne Lord. Now, besides being a big Leanne Lord fan, let me explain where this uh, bonus material is coming from. I record all my interviews ahead of time and edit these episodes together like a beautiful Frankenstein's monster. And when I had my conversation with Leanne, there's something that came up as a kind of a uh, rabbit hole or digression. If you happen to catch last week's episode, you'll know that I described Leanne as a nerd, which is how she describes herself on her website. It's part of her bio. So that was appropriate and fun, and I describe myself as a nerd. In fact, my partners Dan Brown and Jesse Pimpinella and I have a nerd comedy group the Action Comedy Nerd Show, that when there's not a pandemic going on, tours around to anime cons, comic book conventions, things like that, when we can really express our nerd personalities and nerd senses of humor and do a lot of nerd jokes, Star Wars, comic books, stuff like that. Knowing Leanne as a self-identified nerd as well, I followed up on that with a couple of questions. And the thing that really launched us into this rabbit hole, as I've described it, was that on her website, she states... That her favorite science fiction movie... Hey, what's your favorite science fiction movie? Well, Leanne's favorite science fiction movie is Terminator 2. Now, Terminator 2 is a great movie, and I'm not here to say anything bad about that. It did strike me as an odd choice. Anecdotal evidence suggests that many people would pick Blade Runner as their number one science fiction film. If not that, maybe Star Wars. With that in mind, I just asked her, hey, what's up with that? Terminator 2, what's that about? So we started talking about movies, TV shows. She uh, explained her thinking on why she loves Terminator 2 so much. And it turned into a whole like 20 minute or so, you know, nerd fest, which I loved. And uh, we had some fun. Wasn't really directly germane to the project of talking about satire, comedy, religious satire, religion, critical thinking skills. You know, the kind of stuff I try to talk to the comedians about or whoever I'm interviewing. But there was a big chunk of this, again, over 20 minutes, and it was so much fun as an indulgence into our fandom that I decided to go ahead and share it as bonus material. Some of the things we discussed besides Terminator 2 is participating in nerd culture. She also does comedy at anime conventions, and she talks about her experiences doing that. We talk about some other things, like the like comparing the TV series uh, Watchmen to uh, Lovecraft Country. Uh, which if you've watched either or both of those, they have some common themes amongst them. We talk a a wee bit about uh, Star Trek, another one of her fandoms, and uh, some other things uh, come up along the way. She was one of the many fans of Game of Thrones who was utterly disgusted by the final season, Um, and she talks about why. Oh, and although I do focus on asking Leanne about her fandoms and her opinions, I do throw in a couple of my own opinions, of course. And along those lines, let me give you a little bit of a, a teaser. You may not know this, but back in the 90s, I had a chance to walk on the bridge of the Enterprise. And I share that story with Leanne. 
So how the heck did that happen? That's the kind of stuff we were talking about. And I thought some Leon Lord fans might enjoy uh, getting some background in her on her fandom. So I decided to just release this like uh, in between episode, this bonus content, uh, just for Leanne's fans who want to hear more about her experiences as a comedian who's also a nerd. Just so you know, um, as we segue into this, since this was like in the middle of the interview, when I cut to it in a minute, we're just going to throw right into the middle like we're picking up in the middle of the conversation. That's fine. You'll be able to follow along. Anyway, that's what this little mini episode's about. I hope you enjoy it. Here's the uh, excerpt from my interview with Leanne Lord about her fandoms and her participation in nerd culture. I want to ask about one more thing, and this is a little bit off topic, but while I, I have you, I can't not ask. Okay. Um, this has to do with, I have a, a, a side project I do with my friend Dan Brown, and we go to oh. comic book conventions and anime cons and do a whole one hour of nerd comedy. Love it. And we call ourselves the Action Comedy Nerd Show because we want to make it clear to everybody how nerdy we are. What people may not realize because we're talking audio, so audio only podcast, is you are literally wearing a Star Trek necklace right now. <laughs> and on <I> your <laughs> website, you frequently refer to yourself as a nerd. Yes. And so two part question. What's it like being a nerd? What's your experience nerding it up? What makes you into a nerd? Oh, man. Well, in addition to the necklace, I, I will show you my Star Trek Enterprise oh, oh my ring. God. Oh, my. Yeah, I'm, I'm deep in. I'm deep in. The nerd experience has changed over the years. Mm. You know, when I was coming up, that wasn't a thing to be openly, loudly proud of. Mm. You know, you got made fun of for that. You know, and, and things have definitely changed to the point where, where nerd culture is pop culture now. It's very yeah. mainstream. Uh, and to all those people who are enjoying that, I say, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, for those of us who were in the trenches and took our lumps from being Star Trek fans who right. knew how to do the, the Vulcan hand sign and that, yeah, that didn't impress anybody back in the day. So Never it's, it's been day lovely. Ever in high school because I could do No, <laughs> no. But so it's, it's been wonderful to, to see that evolution and also a little bit annoying. It's like, yes. you know, no, yes. not all of you are into this. Come on. You know, I enjoy being a nerd. I embrace it. I absolutely embrace it. You know, I, I've been to Dragon Con five times. I, that's the one place where, like you, I get to do the nerdy material. I get to do not just jokes about Star Trek, but Star Trek Next Generation, Star Trek Voyager, <laughs> Star Trek yeah. Deep Space Nine. Like, like, like the audience, a regular audience would have lost you yeah. after the first one. Yep. You know, but when you can actually go deep into, you know, the, the Kelvin timeline <laughs> and people are with you and then you branch yeah. out to Star Wars or you branch out to Marvel, or you branch out to DC. Like it just is so much fun being with your people. Yes. So to speak. And I love the, the big tent nerdiness yes. of it all because being a nerd, it crosses cultures, yep. colors, economics. You know, there's a, especially at Dragon Con, I can't speak for all cons, but it, there's this thing that just brings all these people together, whether you're, you're anime or fantasy, yep. that we all have this ability to just embrace you know, this, yeah. this wonderful nerd culture. We're all there. You know, like it's, it's kind of it's the blueprint I wish we had for the world. Yeah, there's some, the very first time I ever did a show at a con, um, it was a local one in Ohio and someone else had organized it. So I was doing a set on, on their show. 
and they knew I was nerdy and could do like 10 minutes on Star Wars or something. So they invited me. And then, they, but at the, we had a little meeting and he, the guy said, the one thing is, it's, they said, it's like a free speech zone. I don't care about what language you use, but there's one thing you cannot make fun of anyone in the audience. And it, I mean, I, I was not going to do that anyway, but what he right, was right. referring to is that because of the way comedians play with audience members, you might see somebody in a cosplay or in a particular look to them or mm -hmm. an outrageous hat and a normal comedian could not stop themselves from pointing that out. No, well. But, but in know, that, it's like the spirit, it's like, no, we're not here to point at each other. We're here to like hug each other. To celebrate each other. Uh, yes. I, listen, one of my favorite jokes when I'm at the con is that the person who stands out is the person who's not cosplaying. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? What are you, a serial killer? Get a costume, you black job. <laughs> I remember showing up to my first con and I thought I was a nerd. <laughs> I really did. I had the audacity to think I was a nerd. And I'm standing there in Nerd Grand Central going, I had no idea. Yep. Well, I thought I was an anime fan until I realized, because <laughs> anime turns, turns quickly. So oh, the okay. anime that you like, that's already passe three months later. So oh, I was wow. thinking like, I love, there's like a Death Note or whatever animes I love. I was like months behind the curve. Like everybody had already moved on. Again, I felt like, oh, I thought I was an anime fan. I know nothing about anime. Yeah, and I literally know nothing about anime. But what's wonderful is when you go to these cons and if there's something you don't know about, and you say you don't know, there's 15 people deep <laughs> at the bar willing to explain yeah. it to you. <laughs> I'll just leave it at uh, watch Death Note, the anime series. That's what you should start with. I need to ask you this. You do list your favorite science fiction movie as Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For uh, sure. I mean, great film, but I don't think it's a film that many people pick as their all-time favorite sci-fi film, do they? Lay it down. What, I don't know what, I don't know what, what other people there? are Why picking? is that your film? T2 was so well done. Mm -hmm. It still stands up. Terminator, the original, does not stand up. <laughs> it, really, it didn't age well. You know, you know, but you know, Sarah Connor doing push-ups in the beginning right. of the yeah. film. You know, she's just, you know, yep. so buff. And the storyline, and I know that, you know, subsequent Terminators have tried to sort of, you know, cash in or build on the franchise. Why wouldn't they? But, you know, that was the introduction. That was the the, the flow metal Terminator. There were so yep. many introductions there uh, that just really sort of broke the mold. You right. know, Terminator, it, it, it's almost like I don't like to compare Terminator 1 with Terminator 2 because it's like comparing uh, Star Trek original series with Next Generation. You know, there's canon you, and it's right there. They set up the universe. You just leave it and let it stand on its own and then you judge everything else. And so, yeah, Terminator 2 does it for me. Like, again, it's like comedy for me. If I'm flipping channels and Terminator 2 is on, that's what we're doing today, everybody. That's how much I enjoy it. But I will throw in um, Serenity. Because I, I came late to the uh, to that franchise because I was Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan at the time, uh, so I came late to the party. But that it's one of my also one of my favorite sci-fi movies. There's a lot to choose from. There's a lot when, when oh, yeah. it's well done. When yeah. sci-fi is well done, there's a lot to choose from. You got to pick something. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that, and as well as actually, thanks for your thoughts on comedy and satire. I really appreciate you and your time. I had no thoughts on satire, so I apologize. As promised, I will edit it so we both sound like geniuses, so don't worry. <laughs> I appreciate that. Keep up you know, doing everything you're doing. I, I, I enjoy your comedy, and uh, hopefully I can see you like live on stage someday when this pandemic is over and we're traveling. <laughs> that would be awesome. I feel once, once I'm out of my house for good, I'll never come back here. <laughs> <laughs> 
or you may never leave your house again and only ever do virtual shows. Oh, and by the way, Next Gen Warp Core. Okay. <laughs> I know uh, you can't use that for the podcast, but yeah, that's my oh, background. I'm admiring that, but also because you're in front of it, I didn't have a clear look. But yeah, I, yeah, I realize I, that now. now. I went out to LA in the early 90s, like 91 maybe. Mm. And I had a friend who worked at Paramount and got me a lot tour, but it was a normal lot tour, but he just like, I didn't have to pay. He like snuck me in a side door and put me in a group and just said, hey, go on. And then the tour we That's did- That's a good the friend. The tour guide, who I didn't know, my friend of a friend, he said to our group, over here's where they do um, Deep Space Nine. And this is a sound <gasps> studio for next generation. And he <gasps> said, he said, we're not allowed to take people onto sci-fi sound stages because I don't want things getting messed up because it could mess up shooting schedules and stuff. But, mm. but he said that, and then he said, but you know what? This was right when Next Generation had shut down production. So he said, let's just sneak in and see what we can see. I don't know what we'll be allowed to do. And yes, I have walked on the bridge of the Enterprise and in engineering and in the one oh. hallway, the one hallway that's all the hallways. Oh I've my been, God. This was also early nineties. So there was no cell phones. I didn't have a camera. I didn't even think that like years later, I'd be telling this story. Like at the time it was just, this is kind of cool. Wow, look where I am. Uh, that is so yes, awesome. A little cherished nerd memory of mine. <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. That's fabulous. Are you watching any of the new stuff? So I don't have whatever it's, they're streaming, the CBS streaming. Uh, CBS All Access, yeah. yeah. Just And borderline on like, how many streaming services do I need? I, uh, yeah, I had to make choices. Yes, I, I, I and, a couple uh, during the pandemic. Yeah. Like, I don't need this many. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I didn't see the new Star Trek for like the first year it was out. Cause right. I'm like, I'm not paying money. I'm not doing another service, but I got rid of some stuff and you know, right. I, I did it strategically when I could binge, I would, you know, pay for it and binge yeah, and then cancel. <laughs> well, one who, uh, so I do a, a little po a nerd podcast, but I didn't, haven't done any for a while, but a friend of mine is an author who has written unauthorized histories of star Wars and star Trek. And um, I've had him on my other podcast two different times, once to talk star Wars stuff and once to talk star Trek stuff. So he and I had like a long conversation about like the new stuff. Also, he said, just get the seven day free trial and binge watch everything. And then just came yeah. immediately. I don't have that kind of stamina. I'm too old to watch an entire series in like three days. I gotta, I gotta pace it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does take quite a bit of a commitment. I just did that with um, Lovecraft Country. Whew. I just like um, <laughs> literally- it was tough. In, in the month of February, I started Lovecraft Country, and I love the first episode, and the second episode kind of turned me off, and I haven't gone back to it. Do you, I, have you watched it all? I, Should I go back? Should I give it a chance? I had a, I had a confused face for the first three episodes. It was like, I'm like, you know what? I'm here for the culture, so I'm going to keep watching. Here's the problem. I'm not a Lovecraft fan. Okay. I was never an HP Lovecraft fan. Medium. So. I've read some of his stories, but I'm not like hardcore. Yeah, no, I was never, it was always weird to me. So, you know, there was a, this, some of that I had to get past. Plus there's a companion podcast to the series. And I'm like, why are you making people work so hard to understand your show? You know, I'm a little turned off by that, but I stuck with it. And it, it is beautiful acting, great writing, sure. amazing storytelling, you know, but it's a commitment. Did you watch the Watchmen series on HBO? Oh, yes, I did. And I binged it in a day because I'm screen actor. It was, it was rough. I was, cause I didn't want to watch it. Cause I, I kept asking people, I said, do I need to read the comic book or the, you know, the graphic yeah. novel to understand it? And all, everybody said, no, they were wrong. 
<laughs> so I came in without sort of that underlying foundation or background and I watched it in a day because it was really difficult. Okay. But if I was going to cosplay, I would cosplay as her. That outfit was amazing. Have you seen it? Oh, I've seen it. Oh, okay. The original graphic the, the, novel as well. Oh, oh, so you're in. The episode that made everything worth it for me was when she, it was a flashback, changed places with her father, grandfather, yeah. I'm forgetting now. She lived some of the it, memories of her grandfather because of some drugs. Yes. Oh. Yes. This is one of the best things I have ever seen. Yeah, I agree. So and good. I enjoyed that whole series, but that episode was like an accomplishment. It was like beyond good yes. television. It was, it was one of those things where the aliens come, they're going to destroy our planet, and you go, wait, wait, look at this. <laughs> look at this episode. Will this save us? <laughs> it was so good. I, I asked because, although it's not the same, they both like are finding interesting ways to talk about race. Yes. And so I, th I think that partially turned me off of Lovecraft because I thought Watchmen oh. did that so well. And yes. the first episode of Lovecraft was doing that. Like I was totally, I was enjoying the story, but I appreciated what they were, the interweaving they were doing. I mean, the second episode seemed like clumsier. Uh, my thought was, wow, how difficult were some of those roles to play for the white actors? Sure. You know, because you have to do that role convincingly and they did. And it was like, yep. wow, when, you, when they called cut, you know, where they sitting in the trailer going, I cannot believe I said yes to this, right. you know, because that had to be hard on everybody, you know, in today's context to do that, you know, and I'm not usually a background story person, but I would have loved to have heard that, you know, was that oh, yeah, difficult for like you? Like making of? No. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. I usually don't like making ofs. I just, just show me what you made. I yeah. don't need to know what went into it. I've never watched a single post episode Game of Thrones behind the scenes episode. Me neither. Don't care. Credits Don't roll care. off. Although I'm still very much scarred and angry from season eight. Sure. That was an abomination. Like, how dare you? How dare you? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the last two seasons were a step down. And I think yes. it's clear that they didn't have George R.R. R. Martin anymore. Like all the other, you know, seasons are based on what he provided them. Mm -hmm. But to get to from like W to Z... He gave them a few notes, like this is what's supposed to happen in the story, but it was all the two showrunners. And I think they rushed through it. They didn't handle it well. Yes. They didn't convince yes. anybody that these things should happen. I will they, say- they, I'm I sorry, no, no, go ahead. I didn't hate it as much as some people did, but I oh, will say I was mediocre, like way from one of the greatest adventure TV shows of all time down to sort of like, eh, eh. I was, I was one of those people. I was distraught because I read the books. Yep. You know, I, I read the books, you know, I knew when they took a detour, but it still worked. And yep. I felt like you were handed literature and yep. you made it into Twitter. How dare you? How dare you do this with my loves? <laughs> I, I will say too, because I've watched the last two seasons at least twice all the way through. Mm -hmm. On the second watching, I liked it even less. I think the first <laughs> one, I, 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 I was like the most more more casual in my viewing. Like, yeah, this isn't as good as before, but they're trying to get to the end. I, I've, I've developed a theory that in trilogies, not everybody agrees with this, the middle one, if not the best, has advantages. Because the first- like Star of the Wars, yeah. Yeah, the first of the trilogy has to set things up, introduce characters, you know, Lord of the Rings, get the journey starting. And in right, the right. end, they got to get to the ending. And it's not always easy to stick the landing. But in the middle, right. you can just have adventures. Yeah, yeah, I can see that with the original three 
Star Wars. I don't even know how to categorize the other ones. Yes, That's, they're just yeah. other movies. They're other movies. They're yeah. other movies. I don't, although I will say Mandalorian was good. It's better than I expected. I'm really more Star Trek than Star Wars. Like I can have, I'm more conversant in, in my Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, I want to come. Yes, to yeah, my dear. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. I appreciate any, your time. Any chance to, to talk you. comedy and nerd out? Wow. Absolutely. Well, That's a know, Tuesday. Look forward to, to seeing more of your comedy. Oh, Jerry, thank you so much. Hey, I'm just jumping back in here to wrap things up. I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you, Leanne, so, so much. Just to keep you abreast of what's going on with the podcast, this season two is going to be made up of 10 weekly episodes was episode seven so i have three more episodes coming out so every sunday morning check in for a new episode here are some of our upcoming episodes next week sunday may 16th will be my interview with john poveromo it'll include guest host jesse pimpinella the following week we are going to do our next live q a the actual live stream will be on saturday the 22nd at 3 p.m it'll be on our youtube channel so uh, the Comical Heathen YouTube channel. So please check in. Uh, my action comedy nerd show, uh, Brother and Nerd Comedy, Dan Brown will be co-hosting that. What we really need for that episode to work is questions from you. So if you have any questions about comedy, about satire, about religion, about the book, about me, about life, the universe, or anything, feel free to uh, email us at comicalheathen at gmail.com. I'll put that email in the description of this episode. Uh, you can also leave questions and comments on this episode or on any of our social media. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Forward us some questions, comments, topics you'd like us to discuss, and we'll include that in the live stream. And then that will be edited and released by the 23rd. And then that will make May 30th the 10th episode of season two. And it's going to be a kind of mid-season finale. So we're going to do some special stuff on that episode. I'll leave that out as a teaser for right now. But that's the upcoming schedule. So make sure you check that out. This is also a independently produced ad-free podcast. So if you feel so inclined, we do have a button for donations. A link that leads you to that button is in the description of this podcast. And also, as with all podcasts and types of social media, please like, share, um, rate. If you tell two friends and they tell two friends... We could exponentially expand the uh, fandom of this podcast. Anyway, let me just do a few more thank yous. Thank you, Leanne, for being my interview subject for the past two weeks. And thank you to my good friend, Jeff Geddert. Jeff produced season two's theme music, which is actually based on season one's theme music, which is my friend Mark Bell playing Bach on the famous Skinner organ on the campus of Lake Erie College. And Mark said I could use his music for my theme music. And then for season two, Jeff took a sample of that and remixed it. And that's what we got now. Jeff also provides additional writing material and uh, advice on this podcast. So thank you, Jeff, for all that you do. And then let me just thank you, the listener, especially if you got all the way to the end of this episode. I really uh, appreciate you. Please, you know, share your comments, suggestions, thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, thanks for listening. And just as I sign off, let me just remind everyone, it might be your dogma but it's my karma, and I'm all about spreading the love.